What's up, guys? Welcome back to Beyond the Smokestacks. This is episode eight, the new version of episode eight. Um, and we are previewing New York City FC at Chicago Fire. I am joined by my co-host, Davi. What's up, Davi? It's good. Hopefully the audio goes well this time. And Christian. What's up, Christian? Bing bong. <laughs> yes, bing bong is right. Um, and we are previewing our weekend match this Saturday night against the Chicago Fire at Soldier Field. Um, just a brief history of our um, of our matches against the Chicago Fire at Soldier Field. We've had um, four previous matches um, against them, um, with our record uh, being being okay. Um, so we uh, we last played on August twenty first, twenty twenty two. We came out with a two zero victory. Um, before that, we played them twice in the in the two thousand twenty one season, um, two zero. To Chicago, a 0-0 draw, and then back in 2020, we played to a thrilling 4-3 NYCFC victory in, I believe it was on Decision Day in 2020 on, on uh, 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 November 8th. That's the most recent results. We have a history much longer than that. Yes, yes. Well, actually, no, those are the, those are the only matches at Soldier. Um, before that, it was oh. um, it was at their other stadiums, um, which I think we've played them at three different stadiums, or it was two of them, I think two of them were just named differently. Um, one of them was Seakeep, but I think the other one was like Toy- was it Toyota? Um, so it's the same place. It's just different like sponsorships. Place, yeah, just different sponsors. Um, but these are the ones at Soldier. So these are these are these are special games because this game is at Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the at the time of this recording on Wednesday night, we haven't gotten any any uh, information on who the referee will be to see if we have any history with the, with the referee. But I can say that um um I looked at looked at it the previous ones and Baldomero Baldemero uh, Toledo mm-hmm. has um has refereed the, uh, this particular uh, match two times. And they were both the, uh, it was the 0-0 draw and the 2-0 Chicago win. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, so a lot has happened today in NYCFC world. Um, we have the return of the Sandsman. Um, how are we feeling about uh, James Sands returning to the club mm-hmm. uh, potentially this, uh, as early as the, uh, this, this Saturday? Uh, let's go with uh, Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it, it's needed. We have no depth in that midfield. We don't have enough depth anyway. Uh, we're, you know, outside of Justin Hack, there is nobody in there that can really challenge either Keaton Parks or Alfredo Morales for a spot in the central midfield. So having him back is amazing. He was also one of the better, you know, MLS produced defensive midfielders in the league. You know, the last time he was here, in my opinion. And it, it, he was able to parlay that skill into some call-ups for the national team, get put on a uh, Rangers radar. Didn't quite work out at Rangers due to uh, them constantly playing him out of position as a center back in a back four pairing. Uh, so, so, well, it, well, in a center back pairing in a back four, rather. So, you know, obviously not the best results for Rangers, but coming back off of your experience in, you know, the Scottish Premiership, the Scottish Cup, the Europa League, you know, tons of like very, you know, prestigious and long lasting football competitions. It's, uh, he's obviously coming back probably a better player and more experienced player at the very least, uh, than he was when he last played for us. So I think we're all on board the Jimmy train. I think we can all rejoice in his return. Uh, there was also, there's also some unofficial news, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, well, unofficially official news that was made 
public by one party. But no, uh, Sands back, amazing. He also is donning the number six, which I think is impressive. I think it's like, you know, he was previously number 16, and uh, Collins occupied the six shirt. Obviously, Collins is no longer with us. So them donning, giving him that number, that prestigious number six that's been worn by so many legendary defensive midfielders before him around the world, I think is a, a sign of intent. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing him back on the pitch. Yes, as well. He also um, he also inked a, a long-term extension with the club as well, correct? That is correct. Four years. Yep. So, I mean, uh, with him being young, he's is he 21? 22. 22. All right. So we have him inked for four years potentially. Um, and and it's definitely um, he's definitely young enough to potentially play his way back into another European uh, move um, as he progresses and, and, and continues to improve his game with uh, with his uh, first ever club. Davi, how are you feeling about the returns of the Sandsman? It feels like a new signing, to be honest. If um, you know something we really needed, we really lacked that from that midfield, that sixth spot where uh, Justin Hawk played really well uh, for about ninety percent of the game last week. Um, we all expressed uh, concern on how it was very thin in the midfield and how we knew one injury, well, we were just one injury away from playing, you know, somebody from, from the from the B team uh, in MLS Next Pro. Uh, I think this is this is a fantastic signing. And then, you know, with the, you know, with the, another one of our players uh, expected to come back uh, to the club, uh, it just feels like, uh, well, we're, like we're, we're slowly getting ourselves back into that. Uh, that team that should really be challenging for titles and should really be challenging the union uh, for that for that top seed in the East. It's a real like like Avengers assemble type moment. Like, don't you think? Like, doesn't it feel like that? Like, just a, like a little bit. Like a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, like Autobots roll out. Like, <laughs> that's what I thought when I saw like both, like all the news today. So, yeah. Once once the news broke on social media, I was like, fuck yeah! Like, I, like this is. This is the first domino that should be falling, and, and then uh, obviously we have some uh, podcast people in, the, in NYCFC Nation that um, had an exclusive interview with uh, Brad Sims earlier this week, and they kind of released little nuggets of information that are, might be coming down the pipeline um, in the next couple days leading up to this match on Saturday against the Chicago Fire. Um, we won't get into specifics until everything is officially announced, but... Um, he might not be the, 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 the last player that is returning to the club um, uh, this week, let alone, uh, let alone this season. Um, Supposedly more players are on the way. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And um, just so, like, you know, to clarify, Santi Rodriguez confirmed on SiriusXM today with Ariel Judas five years. So five-year deal. That's delicious. I love, I love to hear and, it. And not a DP. Yeah, and, and so we're uh, well, him, well, according to one person, yeah, we'll so see. not a DP, five years. Um, I don't, I definitely don't see him staying here for all five years, but at least we have him locked down, and we will uh, potentially get a transfer, a transfer fee for him. Um, when I don't see, to either, I don't see either one staying for more than two, but that's perfectly okay with me because by then, obviously, we're like, we're kind of like retooling right now, um, and kind of like rebuilding on the side while bringing in some familiar faces to anchor and keep us competitive for for now. So that that works for me, you know, as long as they can continue building a squad around these players so that way they can, uh, you know, you can foster more talent around them and then cultivate more talent that's ready, uh, that great moves. Yeah, and on top of that, I mean, we all saw the, the match against Nashville this past weekend and we looked very disjointed in the attack. Um, it was screaming out for, for a, a, a playmaker who is 
used to playing in a, in a central attacking position, someone like Santiago Rodriguez um, is going to bring a different level of, of play to that position. And then it was also screaming out for someone to come in and sub out these, these guys who, who play in our, our six and our eight. And that is what James Sands is going to provide. And then James Sands also provides tactical flexibility because he can play in the back, in the center of a back three. He can play on the right of a back three. He can play as a deep, deep playing, deep playing six. Um, and hell, he can even play as a six eight. Like he can pretty much play, almost play anywhere in the back line and the back, like in, in the in the back of the midfield. Um, so, don't forget right back, Joe. Don't forget right back. I mean, we've yeah, seen that once. He can masquerade as a right back, but that's definitely not one of his stronger <laughs> positions. Um, but. Uh, uh, definitely, his his uh, his return is a breath of fresh air into the the balloon that is um, the 2023 NYCFC season, which was had a little bit of a leak after match day one. Uh, a little bit of the sky is falling, and what the fuck are we doing um, from the fans towards the front office and towards David Lee in particular? Because he's the one who's who's saying like, reinforcements on the way, things are going to happen, and every day that goes by, it's like, well, what the fuck are we doing? Like, what? Like, please say, give us something. Just give us anything, please. Like, God. Can we bring in somebody, please? Like, this is not good enough. Um, so hopefully uh, this kind of uh, uh, alters the trajectory uh, potential for the first quarter of the uh, of the MLS season. Um, so we have the pleasure of being joined by two members of the Chicago Fire fan-centered media uh, nation, um, essentially. Um, so uh, we have uh, two people coming on to join us. Uh, to talk and preview uh, this, this weekend's match against the Chicago Fire, I'd like to I'd like to welcome Matt from uh, Men in Red and uh, and Jiggly, um, two people that I, I connected with uh, via social media um, to uh, to see about um, what what kind of get the fans' perspective from from Chicago to see what what we can potentially expect this weekend against Chicago in Chicago. So welcome Matt, welcome Jiggly. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So, um, how are you guys? Uh, how are you guys feeling heading heading into the weekend? I'll let Jiggly take this one. Go ahead, man. <laughs> you know, I have very low expectations for the fire season as a whole, but I'll be honest. Watching watching NYCFC play in the first week, I suddenly felt better about at least our first game. <laughs> um, I. Uh, I don't think that we have that much scoring. We did sign, like, listening to you guys talk about how, like, oh, what are we doing? Like, why aren't we signing anybody? This has been us for about, like, the past decade or something like that. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. God, yeah. It, it sucks. <laughs> no, but I, I think we're kind of on the up and up. Like, we've signed two strikers, which was obviously our big issue, is the lack of goals in 2022. And I think we've done a little bit to kind of resolve those going into match day one, which I'm very excited about. I can't speak for Jiggly. I have slightly higher <laughs> expectations for not only match day one against NYCFC, but also the season overall. But, you know, the new guy we brought in, Kai Kamara, everyone knows Kai Kamara. He's been on what feels like every single MLS team. Then our new Greek, you know, 19 guy, uh, Kotsias, excuse me if I mispronounced uh, Kutsias. Kutsias. Thank you, Jiggly. So, you know, between those two and Shabilko, the attack's looking a little bit better. I'm expecting a win because, like Jiggly said, that NYCF, uh, NYCFC excuse me, performance didn't really wow anyone. I was definitely watching that game as the as the league opener. And you know, I think bare minimum home opener, you know, as a Fire fan, you need to expect a win regardless of how successful your attack is or attack was last year. Or how successful we've been at home openers. 
So, so anytime we have a, a new guest on the show, we, we fire three rapid rapid fire questions at, at each of them. Um, so we'll we'll start off with Matt. Um, who is your favorite current Chicago Fire player? Uh, I have two answers. The first one being homegrown Alex Monis, family friends who at a personal level, like great family, great kids, super hardworking, very talented. Uh, in terms of players that get consistent playing time, it would be Chris Muller. I think the guy just like defines what it means to be a Chicago Fire player. He's a local. He grew up in a town few like a few away from where I grew up. Uh, he knows the league. He's very talented. I think he's underrated. He's definitely in my fantasy squad this week, and I just think he's going to have a great season. Is one of my dark horses, or not dark horses, but one of my um, qual- um, one of my representatives for Chicago Fire Player of the Year. So Chris Muller is a is a, a certified thorn in, in NYCFC's ass when he was with Orlando City. Um, Good so to hear. I'm not looking forward to playing against him this weekend. Uh, Jiggly, <laughs> no, who's he's your a big player for sure. Who's your favorite current uh, Chicago Fire player? I'm going to also do a very similar thing to uh, to Matt there and uh, say that I've got like two answers here because one of them is obviously to me Rafa Rafa Shihos, who is like an amazing leader. Like I remember. Going into last season, like I kept saying, we need a we need an actual captain, a real leader. Our captain was Francisco Calvo, which um, if I said Legend. that to <laughs> if I said Legend. that to a Minnesota United fan, they would also be laughing. <laughs> so it, he's not he wasn't exactly like a leader on the back line, but like we got Shihosin and he he's shown up. He has done what he needs to do, and I really love that. Uh, and uh, I guess. The more personal one, man, yeah, there's there's two for like personal one, but like I'm just gonna quickly mention Wyatt Omsberg. I love the guy; he's amazing and fun to talk to. But uh, he's he's center back, which hope I don't even know if he's gonna start. Uh, so in terms of actual starters, I think that he's going to start Chris Brady. Uh, he, you guys thought that Gaga was interesting and fun. Brady doesn't have the personality of Gaga, but he has possibly. He certainly has more credentials when you look at like his actual awards. Uh, I really like him. Uh, he's a cool dude, uh, and he should be starting. I don't know why they haven't said it yet. <laughs> he so, will be starting, no doubt. So I, I, have, yeah, I have a quick trivia. He will. I have a quick trivia question for you. Uh, do you guys know where Wyatt Elmsburg went to college? Dartmouth. Jiggly wouldn't know I that. Scouted I scouted him. I, I had no clue. No clue. I scouted him uh, back when I was doing uh, college scouting. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> something new every day too on my end. All right. So then, the second question to you two is: um, is who is your favorite all-time fire player? Like, who's your Jiggly? Yeah. So we'll go to Jiggly first. Who's your Who's your favorite all-time goat for for uh, for Chicago Fire? I always say uh, Jerzy Brodowski. Uh, he wasn't here for very long. He was very early on. Like I probably don't. I don't think I. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't remember him playing because uh, he played uh, before I was born, and then maybe the year I was born. Uh, <laughs> but Yusuf uh, Provsny is a guy who he didn't score that much, but he always scored whenever he needed to. Like in every single major major game in Fire's history, back in that back in those two years, he was on the score sheet. That's a good choice. I'd go with a little bit, bit more modern of a selection as I started my fandom a little later than Jiggly, and I'd go with the speedy winger David Akam, um, who you may be familiar with. He also played for Nashville, Philly, and Columbus, 
fortunately he played for Columbus, but when he was on the fire, his first team in the league, man, that dude was wicked. He was a dark horse MVP candidate. He was fast. He was a goal scorer. He scored double-digit goals multiple times uh, in, in different seasons, and overall just a completely underrated and underappreciated member of the MLS community, and I love him. He's also very active on Twitter and, you know, likes to DM you and stuff like that. And I appreciate that sort of connection that players make with the fan base as well. All right. And then the last question for each of you is your favorite Chicago Fire kit of all time. Ooh. Oh, I'll go first. Mine is the 2000 home red kit. It's the same as the ones back in the late 1990s when we first came out as a franchise, as Lee came out at that same time. But it doesn't have a collar, and I'm not a collar guy. So I go with the 2002. I believe it was 2002. Check them out. They're, like, incredibly vintage, incredibly rare. Whenever I see it, I automatically have to try and buy it because they're just, they're just absolutely beautiful kits. Joe's Googling it right now. He's definitely, he's definitely Googling it right now. 2002 <laughs> Chicago. This kit, this fucking guy is a Chicago, like, not Chicago, like a, a kit collector, and I don't get it. I hate every team except mine. They just had them on like um, what's that website? Classic World, like jerseys, like one classic of those football websites. shirts or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. They just had it and they sold out literally instantly. So I guess the international. How much? Man, how much was it going for? I I didn't even get the check before they were sold out. Uh, don't, don't give this man any ideas. He's got a problem. He needs to stop. I he needs not. to. I we need to. I do have a problem. Yeah, look at him right now. <laughs> he wore he wore a national shirt to, to, to the other preview last week. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Awesome. So what I'm looking up right now is I'm pretty sure that I coached Wyatt Olmsberg's brother um, at, <laughs> at Lehigh University. I think his brother his brother was also a Division One player, but didn't play didn't get didn't make it to the league. But I'm pretty sure I forget what his brother in Maine. No, so it was, uh, at uh, in college at Lehigh University. I, I believe his brother went to Lehigh. His older brother. But I, f- I forget what his that would be cool. I forget what his old- <laughs> I forget what his older brother's name was. But I-, I coached him at Lehigh. It was only for I was there as a grad as an undergraduate assistant for a semester during their spring season. Um, but I can't. I'm trying to find out what his brother's name was by looking up his name. But I can't find it. Jiggly, what's your favorite Chicago Fire kit? I'm not like much of a kit guy, and I feel like I should be saying something like, "Oh yeah, the classic, you know, red with a white stripe," which is something that we've been asking for for years at this point. After they just like took it away. Uh, I could also mention what everybody always mentions, which is the 2005 flag kit, but I've got a different one. So the thing about this kit is that we never won a single game in this kit. Like, I I never. Uh, The 2015 and 2016 away kit. It was a flag. It was also a flag kit. It's white with two blue bars and uh, some red underneath it. It was a Valspar kit. I have it like I have like a couple different versions of it. Like I have my own. I have Jiggly on the back of one. I have like a Kalistri jersey of it. But like I don't think we ever won a single game in that kit. <laughs> I'm just googling it right now. <laughs> Interestingly yeah. enough, Jiggly, I actually really hate that kit. So I find it very appropriate <laughs> that you said you loved it. Also, by, the by, by any chance, I mean, the, you guys the third the kit from that season was also good too. Oh, the, okay, uh, the so black one. one. So here's the thing, we. We pretty much we dis we fight we fight about kits like all the time. Like I make fun of Davi all the time and call him blind because he thinks the 2020 Gotham kit looks good. And I'm like, are you fucking dumb? They're like, like, the, are you blind? Like, is you know, I don't pay attention to well, I don't so, pay attention to wrong. any you're of the uh, I don't also, pay attention to any of the NWSL kits other than the Red Stars because they will always win. And I'm a little bit of a pariah. Well, 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 when I say the 2020 Gotham kit, not necessarily Gotham uh, FC. Um, 
so we had a kit called the Gotham kit, like in 2020. It was like this weird ah. concrete gray looking. It, it's awful. It happened like it was that year where all like the all the kits had the, the, the yeah the three stripes coming down off the shoulder, and it's just hideous. It's it's terrible. And uh, he thinks it's the greatest thing ever. I'm like that. That it doesn't look clean. It doesn't look good. I never. I, I never I, said I, it was the greatest kid ever. You're just I putting words in my mouth, buddy. I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> use it to clean up my blood. Like I like I I wouldn't do it. Uh, and um, are you saying 2017? Uh, 2020. 2020. 2020. Oh, 2020. Uh, I will also, say, I, all okay. of those jerseys that had the three stripes were absolutely terrible. I know. So, yeah, they're all the Fire were the only team that didn't have the three. But stripes. you remember why? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys got that shit badge that that year. <laughs> we don't. We don't talk about that badge. Yeah. Yeah. We don't talk about. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I'm also a pariah because I like our hypno kit, the the from 2016, and that one was I think. I thought it was awesome. I was like, this is different than anybody else. This isn't one of these Adidas template kits where they just, well, okay, let's just take some something some national team did across the world and bumblefuck Europe and just throw it on an MLS kit and call it a new team kit. And and it looked great to me. I, I, I love it. I love the The, the, the first time kit. I saw it, I didn't like it. And then it's like, you know what? That's fun. No other team is using orange. And then uh, since he came into the league. And so. <laughs> I, I thought the same exact thing. And like, like when it first leaked, I thought it looked terrible. Then I actually saw the kit reveal video, like of that people actually like Pirlo wearing it. And I was like, Okay, I get it. I like this a lot better. It was now. like that. It was that iconic picture with Via Lampard and Pirlo. Yeah, it, was, it, at once, yeah. It, it was. It was just a gorgeous kit. I loved it, especially with the the, the shorts. What's up, Joe? It looks like you took uh, like a, a pretty decent sized rock and held it about four four feet in the air and dropped it into a puddle of water, and that's what the. That's what the uh, <laughs> isn't it supposed to be like reminiscent of like the Hudson River or something like that? Like, yeah, it was supposed to so be it's... about the energy of New York or something like that. But it's like you could have found many different ways to express energy. But I mean. I think the way yeah, the club like the described it was, it, it's it's what the water looks like after after the mobsters were tossing a dead body into the Hudson River, and it's like <laughs> the, it's the last thing that you saw before the body disappeared was the ripples of the water. Go. Yeah, the Gambino. I'm, buying, you know, it. I'm they, definitely they, buying that. I mean, we, we we have similar history, you know. <laughs> yeah. We can yeah, do yeah, something yeah. like that. The uh, the uh, what is it the. Uh, the Gambinos like through it. There's five families here. I don't remember their names. Sorry, mobsters who are listening to this. I don't remember your name. All right, and just um, just for confirmation purposes, um, um, Amsberg's brother's name is Cameron. I did coach him at Lehigh, and he is currently an assistant coach at the University of Connecticut. That's nice. <laughs> That's super cool. Look at that. Um, all right, so moving on. So, so what is um what is your guys' personal uh, history with? Uh, games against uh, against NYCFC. Um, do you guys have any 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 moments that you remember about about matches, maybe that you attended or that you watched? I'm, I'm definitely that that four three thrilling game back in 2020, um, which was uh, it was near decision day. Um, do, do you guys have any any any, any recollection or memories of, of playing against uh, NYCFC? Uh, uh, Joe, Joe, could I jump in real quick? Yeah, we had, we actually had two four three thrillers against. Chicago, I was about to right? mention it. 2016. 20, 2016, <laughs> which was the which was their home opener. Uh, yep. The last time we opened up uh, with them at the season, uh, we beat them four three. And then twenty twenty, the final game of the season, where uh, Navarro, I, I, I think it was Navarro, he assisted Ate Castellanos essentially and knocked him out of the playoffs that year. So we have it. We've actually had two go to like encyclopedia for yeah, in yeah. case we miss anything. Encyclopedia Davi. I was at. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember right now if I've been to any nycfc games 
if I remember correctly, back when like Jesus Medina was on the team <laughs> and Alex Ring and Morales and all those guys, I think it was 2018, you guys played at Toyota Park and we won 3-2 with an Alexander Katai, if you remember him. He got traded to the, or he didn't get traded to the Galaxy. No, he got, yeah. he, he went to the Galaxy, then he got released he got some trouble. shit happened. <laughs> he got released because his wife said, his wife said some shit on Twitter, like after like the yeah, George Floyd his... shit, and then like he got released. I mean, he also had some stuff. <laughs> Yeah, he had some demons as well, but I in that game he scored two goals and we won three to two, if I remember correctly. Um that I was at that game, I remember because at the time I was a huge Katai fan and was freaking out. And that was back at Toyota Park before it was SeatGeek Stadium and obviously before Soldier Field. Uh, so I I believe it was that game. Don't quote me. Happy like I'm happy to look it up and confirm while Jiggly speaks. Well no, I'm, I can oh, confirm. Oh, I I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it, was, it was June thirtieth, okay, so June thirtieth, eighteen, three two Chicago Fire. At Toyota Park. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, Jiggly's favorite ring. player of all time, Elliot Collier, also started that game. Um, <laughs> that's another reason I remember it, because he was one of the worst <laughs> fire players of all time. Oh, yeah, game. he did start, didn't he? Left wing. <laughs> you know, it's he started it's left funny wing. that you mentioned. Jorge Corrales started that game, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned Medina, and he gets constantly looped into that like uh, worst NYCFC player ever conversation. Uh what it's a just waste. so frustrating to watch. And he, was a, and he was on a DP contract, so yeah. the the one the one year the one year he wasn't on a DP contract, he actually had a decent year. The one you fucking guys, year he was. You guys talking about bad players on DP contracts to fire fans? Have <laughs> 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 you heard of the story of Neri Castillo? <laughs> no, no, but uh, I follow Danny T Radio on uh, YouTube. He's a very very well documented fire fan, and he's yeah, his frustrations. Uh, he, I know he made a, I think it was like about 50 minute long video of like 12 years of how being a Chicago Fire fan was just absolutely painful. I'm like, oh man, I kind of feel, I feel for this guy, man. Yes. Not true at all. Don't listen to him. It's not painful. It's joyous. We made the playoffs once. In the past we made the playoffs years. once. Twice. <laughs> we did it once. I got, I got battered by Jersey 4-0. So, uh, but uh, I, I was going to go on to my, my favorite game, yeah. which was that, uh, that 4-3 I mean, the thing about it is, like, why am I why am I so excited about a loss that we had against you guys? But like that get that four three game was like the start of Panovic's tenure, and so everybody was like, "Yeah, this is something." Like we scored three goals that game, and then I think that like after that we barely scored at all. Like it was such a free flowing game, and then after that, what uh, we scored uh, two goals in our next four games. <laughs> well, in that, he scored three goals in that one. In that two goals in game, Fr- Frankowski scored in the forty-second and the forty-third minute. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, like it was. It, it was a lot going on, and that was fun. And then it just wasn't. <laughs> and then Barrett scored uh, in the thirty-third. So in, t- in ten minutes, you guys scored three goals. Oh wait, no. Oh wait, that wait. No, oh. that was twenty twenty. That was twenty twenty. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that was twenty twenty. I'm talking about the 2016. Uh, 2020, uh, that was the first time I ever threw up from drinking. Uh, so I don't remember that match very much. I just remember like being out of it, sitting at the top of Section 8 at at, uh, at the game, uh, holding on to one of the wires there that's supposed to hold up the banners. And I just hear uh, sco- like Barrich scored. And I'm just like, that's impossible. I must be like, I must be really out of it because I'm hearing things now. <laughs> uh, I still have a, I, I have a uh you guys are gonna make fun of me for the way i say this but there's a i have a gif saved uh <laughs> that i just sort of found of uh 
uh, from that game, and I love the fact that it this happened at that game, where I believe that is uh, Alvaro Madron uh, trying to cross the ball. It gets blocked by an NYCFC player, and it just goes right back into his face. <laughs> And that's wonderful. Yeah, I just oh saw God, that. I it's beautiful, that. Matt. <laughs> I remember that vividly. Yeah, God, I have that. I just found that on by uh, the, way, the keyboard. By the way, the, the jersey NYCFC is wearing, that is the Gotham kit that Christian and hates. Horrid. Oh, it's okay. a horrid. Yeah, it's horrid. Thank you. It's 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 bad, I got you. Don't worry. It's just so, so, so I have a question. What what the fuck ever happened to David Akam? Because he was supposed to be like a huge thing when he came into the league, and, if, and, and uh, he was kind of with the fire for a little while. He played he for of, the fire. <laughs> he was he was a huge thing when he came into the league in terms of you know his goals and assists. Like he was really really great. We traded him to Philly. He was very very mid, if that. He was probably below he average. Fell off. And then, yeah, he fell off. Then I believe he got traded to Columbus where he was still bad, and then Nashville was his final stop. Now he's in Sweden, or one of the Nordic countries. I think he's in Sweden, and he's he's been in Sweden since probably like 2019, 2018. Uh, it says here that David Akam is currently playing for Inter Turku in Finland. Ugh. Yes, one, one of the Nordic yeah. countries. Couldn't tell you which one. I mean, Finland, yeah. but... And, and apparently he's out of contract now. He's not even playing. I have publicly said on Twitter that I think it's very low risk to just bring him back as wing depth because he's beloved by everyone at the club and it would be nice to have another winger. Do um, we have and room just, for another winger? Yeah, there's always room for wingers. We <laughs> like more more attack the merrier with this team. That's just that's just like us. Just avoid signing strikers. Just sign a bunch of wingers and stick them at the number at the number nine and and pray that they actually become a striker. His we finals... went from having one real striker on the on the roster to three in the span of a week, so I'm feeling a little better on that end. Yeah, his, fi- his final season in Chicago, he had 20, 20 goal and assist contributions. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a great player. Was that, was that 2017? 2017 was his 2017, last year, right? 2017, he had 14 goals. Oh, that, that doesn't really okay, count. Yeah. 2017 was an anomaly. <laughs> that was Schweinsteiger. Literally everything that anybody did on that team was Schweinsteiger's fault. <laughs> That was a good I, team, though. Nemanja it was Nikolic. good. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm a big I was, fan. I was, so. How was that World Cup campaign for you guys? <laughs> uh, terrible. Uh, Absolutely terrible. I, 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 I'll never forget that question for like the rest of my life. Oh, that, but you, like, miss, you, you missed uh, some wonderful. Like we've had. We're. That was one thing that like the guy who asked that question. They actually went back to him. I think a few years ago and asked him like what even happened with that he's like yeah i'm not actually a soccer or like sports journalist they just sent me there to ask quest ask a question well, no no fucking shit yeah <laughs> and I uh i can yeah, publicly on. admit that to this day out of secondhand embarrassment i still refuse to listen to the clip i have never heard <laughs> the guy actually ask the question because i'm i was so embarrassed when i saw that all over social media I was not watching the press conference live because I don't have the attention span for press conferences, and I will not listen ever to that clip. I just I can't. It it sucks. It's one of the worst. Uh, I one time so I, I I used to be in in media, and and there was one time where I sat in uh, the first press conference I ever sat in in person was 2019. It was after the Derby uh, game uh, against the Red Bulls. We beat them two one. It was the Abear backheel game. And uh, Chris Armis, who was managing uh, the Red Bulls at the time. Yes, we know Chris uh, Armis. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I had to spit <laughs> on something really quick. Uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, who somehow fell upwards after getting fired by Toronto. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. fell upwards again. Yeah, uh, but um, uh, Chris Armis was complaining about time wasting, despite the fact that they had two pretty very good chances that they bottled at the end. And uh, <laughs> Dome Turan was our coach at the time, and he what 
English, he kind of only had a moderate understanding of it. He could talk a lot in it, but he would basically just answer questions however he wanted. He would hear like one or two keywords. He'd be like, oh, okay, let me just answer the question how I think it is. And someone asked him about Chris, and then he was like, and like, like about like Chris Armis's comments, and uh, our uh, our director of a of communications at the time spoke Spanish, so he asked her to like clarify the question, and then while she's explaining, he's like, "Oh, the Chris," and like, like, "Oh, that fuck," <laughs> like that guy. And then, uh, yeah, he answered in like the most passive aggressive way. He's like, "Yeah, I don't think this guy knows a lot about the sport, if that's his opinion of it." And well, then, to 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 his uh. Well, he's not wrong, to be honest. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, somehow not knowing jack shit about the sport gets you into, you know, uh, Man United and Leeds. So, you know, what do I know? Possibly the national team if Jesse Marsh gets the job. Oh, please, no. <laughs> you know what? Like, I can't I can't say bad, like, too many bad... Th it's the same thing as, like, with Josh Wolf at Austin FC. Like, I hate Austin FC, mostly because of their fans. But I can't fully hate Austin FC because Josh Wolf is coaching. Because, you know, old fire guys. So, like, Armas... I mean, yeah, maybe not as a coach. Like, I, I even talked to him after he came back from the United job. Like, I even asked him, like, how did you even get that? <laughs> and he's, like, even he's just like, I don't, I don't know. He just knew a guy, <laughs> essentially. Hey, props to him, man. Like, yeah. he's finding a way to do it. Even if he, he, goes from, he goes from coaching Dom Dwyer to Cristiano Ronaldo. Make, make, figure that one out. Uh, th th he's the football hustler. That's what I'm going to call him. Hey, it's not as, it's not as bad as Panovich. Not as bad as Panovich. Yeah, me there. <laughs> what do you do? Reading to Chivas USA or not Chivas USA? Oh my God, Chivas in Mexico, and now he's yeah. competing for a Liga MX title. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. Wait, he's in Mexico now, Guadalajara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that was that was that's what we said too. I think that was announced like on Halloween too. The <laughs> uh, Halloween just passed. Yeah. Oh my God. All right, so uh, diverting the, the, the discussion back to the, the task at hand at, at the game this weekend, um, what can NYCFC fans expect from the style of play of the Chicago Fire this weekend? We don't ahead, know at me. this point. Like, at <laughs> yeah, this current exactly time... what I was going to say. Yeah, we don't really know because, it's like, we need to retool. We need to rethink our strategy uh, because, you know, we consistently play with like this four two three one that like we're not allowed to play in any other formation even though you know shabilko does so much better as a second striker like as a pairing uh, we just refuse to let him have a pairing uh maybe we might do something but uh you know we've got shakiri who everybody knows him as a winger we play him at the 10 and refuse to play him anywhere else but the 10 and we have fullbacks who you know like to move up and push up and, you know, that means bad news with uh, Miguel Navarro, who does not track back very well. And, you know, Seklich didn't do it that well last season. I don't know how much better Soke is going to be. I hope that he's going to be a bit more stay at home. But, like, right now, I'm not quite certain what the Fire are going to be trying to do. I, you know what, at some point, you just, uh, what the, the old, uh, the old, uh, kick it to Kerr, kick it to press uh, from, from the Red Stars thing. It's just like, just bomb it over and hope somebody gets onto it. The thing is, we don't even have anybody speedy enough to do that. So, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, like, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the Fires uh, roster um, just to just see if who, like see who I whose game I'm familiar with and like the players that I have have experienced watching before are pretty much former Union players like Fabian Herbers 
and uh, and um, who's the other union partner? Shibilko. Shibilko. Um, Shakiri. Shakiri. Uh, yeah, and then Shakiri, uh, and then Chris Muller because we've we've had experience with him in Orlando, and then Kai Kamara because he's been pretty much everyone in the league and been around forever. Um, but also, <laughs> outside of that, um, I, I don't. I'm not really too familiar with these with, with the rest of these players. Um, so uh, uh, Matt, what, what what were you going to say about about the style of play that we should expect? I was just going to say, obviously, yeah, we play Shakiri as a 10 and expect the ball to go through him a lot. Last year, it didn't go through him as much as I think it should have because although we thought Shakiri had a very mid-year by his standards in terms of what he should be doing in a league like MLS, he had one of the highest like passing ratings in the whole league last year. I think he was even number one. You can double-check on that, but I definitely saw a few reports out there. So he, 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 he has that passing ability. I think you're going to see him get the ball and shove it out to the wings. Not 100% sure who's going to be out there on the right. It's probably going to be our homegrown Brian Gutierrez. And obviously Chris Muller is going to be on the left. Those are your two most technically gifted guys. Uh, I, I think that's what the game plan is going to look like. I also think you're going to see more balanced uh, attack and defense by the wingbacks. I think Ezra, our coach, was talking about that in a press conference today, about he how he wants to do a better job of, of yeah, the attackers, or excuse me, the fullbacks are allowed to move forward, but they also need to track back. And Miguel Navarro, a guy that everyone in the fire community knows I'm not high on, I think he's going to mature out and, and, and you know, be a little bit more disciplined on that front. Arnott's okay, like, he's a veteran from League One. That should just be an exception, or be an expectation, I should say, immediately. But style of play, you never know what you're really going to get from the fire. And with an unreliable striker like Shabilko leading the line, that kind of changes uh, the way you play the game. You can't trust your striker on the ball as much. Uh, I think that's why you're seeing guys like Kai Kamara and our new Greek guy, Kutsias, uh, come in. And we're also still looking for another DP striker. So the, the style of play, I would imagine, is not going to be what we see midseason until Shabilko's kind of out of the picture. I'll also add that, uh, you know, th- this is something that just came into mind when you were talking about, uh, you know, the way where he was passing and everything, where Shakir is passing and everything. Because uh, the big thing to me is that uh, I have the somebody posted the uh, passing networks uh, from 2022 and you notice that on the fires passing network like the center backs do not pass to the center midfielders everything goes out wide everything goes to the fullbacks everything goes out to the wingers so we just don't utilize the center of the pitch that often uh so it's it's one of those things where you just don't really know like is that what we're doing but i mean if we're going out wide then that means we want to put in a lot of crosses but we don't i mean you know kai kamara can do it but it's like I don't even know if Shabilko would be in the box. Like he's too busy playing holding midfield for some reason, you know? Yeah. Agreed. And, Pretty uh, formidable midfield, so. Yeah, so I mean, pretty much what I've experienced with your with your strikers, Shabilko requires service. He's not he's not someone who's going to beat you on the dribble and, and, and take on two, three defenders and, and create this wonderful opportunity. Not even requiring service. Uh, he just needs somebody to take pressure off of him. I think that's he he needs the ability to move around and have somebody else do most of the actual like pure like nine striker work. He likes to be a bit further back. Yeah, and Kai he also Kai's just gonna hang out near the goal and he's just gonna find he's gonna find ways to, to score. Like whether it's by service absolutely. or by like a rebound yeah. or something. He's gonna he's a poacher, he's gonna find a way to put the ball in the back of the net. That's what he's done his entire career. What were you gonna say, Matt? Yeah, I was just I was just saying on Shiboko, like this is gonna sound so stupid, but he also just needs to learn how to shoot. Um, yes. He probably had like 15 opportunities last year that could have, should have been goals. And I I bet like 13 out of the 15 of them weren't even shots on goal. So 
um, for a number nine who has, he has 40 goals in this league in, in like three, four years, which is he had a goal. Yeah, it was very respectable number. He has seemed to just lost that ability coming to Chicago, which we find happens a lot to people uh, when they come to our club, unfortunately. But I think a lot of these problems are solved if he just learns how to shoot. And that just sounds so bad saying about a professional striker like Shabilko, but that's the problem. Well, I mean, you know, we, we just moved on. We finally moved on from a striker who didn't even know how to run towards the net. So, you know, <laughs> Barrich. Hold up play was great, though. <laughs> Hold so, up in the corner. <laughs> so in your current 11, is, is Fabian Herbers a starter or is he come off the bench? No, he's off not the bench. Off the bench? Yeah, off that, the bench. Was, um... He is off the bench on every single team in MLS. He could be on a championship winning team and be an off the first guy off the bench for like LAFC. Like he is whatever the temperature of the room is. is he, yeah, he's, he's, like, a, he's like a permanent he's, super sub. He's really good at it, too. Yeah, he's a super sub, and he's a good super sub. He puts the ball in the back of the net. He'll get a few assists here and there. He's not a starter, though. He's a very, like, average MLS player. Or I should say he's an average MLS starter, but he's a fantastic super sub. Fair enough. I mean, I, I was from, I mean, with being NYCFC, and, and I also, also I, I watched the, the Union a lot in the, um, just because I, I had a roommate who played for them. But um, he uh, he was with the Union for three years, and I definitely remember him being in that in that super sub role and just kind of coming out and just killing teams. Um, when he came on uh, as, as a sub. Um, yeah, he's a good player. I think everyone likes him, but if he's starting, there's clearly some injury issues. So in terms of in terms of NYCFC playing against a club like, like Chicago, um, obviously you watched our game against Nashville, and um, our formation that we played was a 4-2-3-1. Um, but now with the with the returning of James Sands, um, that is very much in, in flux. Um, we might potentially go back to playing a three in the back, like what we were playing towards the end of last year, which provided a lot of success. Um, and it provides a lot of tactical flexibility, uh, bringing him back. And then also, I mean, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow because we're, um, we're pretty much waiting any moment, any day now for Santiago Rodriguez to get announced um, and see if his visa issue is cleared up to see if he can get back to the States in time for either th- this match or, uh, or, or the next week. So um, supposedly they, they they delayed the announcement for some reason. I don't know why, but supposedly just, that's what happened. They're probably delaying it just because they they don't want to like announce three people or two people on one day. They want like they want everyone to get their flowers and and get all the hype um and all the publicity. Dude, why not? Why not announce because, two people because, on one day? You've had this you've had us waiting all fucking off season. I know, but it's a lot of it's a lot of publicity to, to fucking turn out in one day. They want to allow us to absorb all the fucking content that they post that they posted today about the return of James Sands, so that tomorrow they can regurgitate it and just fucking say, "Oh look, Santi's back too," and then they're just gonna have like a bunch of content about Santi returning. That's just what that's what NYCFC uh, public relations does. That's just what that, that's what they do. Just just give it all to us at once. Come on now, we, we've been so deprived of it in the offseason. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like, so based on what you guys saw against Nashville, um, I, I take it that you guys aren't necessarily like sh- the fear of God is not shaken into you um, about this match this weekend, correct? Yes. I'd say that's pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did my own. Uh, I, I when we when we uh, plug our socials later, I've got a completely different thing that I do. But I did a full like MLS season preview, and one of the things that I really noticed with NYCFC is just like you guys were missing strikers. You were you were missing like somebody to put the ball in the net, and especially like losing a lot of guys who would put the ball in the net. 
unsure of where that's going to come from. Obviously, with the fire, it was much worse. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, it, it's one of those things where, like, actually seeing that in action is like, oh, you're really seeing that, like, it's, it's not quite there right now. Yeah. Yeah, but, I'll, I'll, if you don't mind me adding on to that, I'm, I'll say on my end, the only player that I'm remotely afraid of, and I know I'm going to eat these words, is Tyus Magno. And I think the formation we play, especially while he's playing up top, which he's a winger traditionally, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think you're choosing the wrong Brazilian to be afraid of, but go ahead. No, that's that's fair enough. This is just from what I've seen. Um, fair I, enough. I'm, I'm, I'm a little horrified of him, but I think we're uniquely suited as a, as a squad um, to actually battle against them. Our, our six, a guy named Federico Navarro, I'm not sure how familiar we are with him, but he's, in my opinion, and Jiggly can confirm this or completely not agree with me, uh, one of the most underrated sixes in the league i think he's probably top five in my opinion dude's a bulldog i think he's going to get bullied um in that midfield kind of in your attacking third and then with rafa shios and carlos Turan as well so outside of that i know you're talking about um what's his name gabriel Pereira. Do i say that one more time gabriel, gabriel Pereira. Pereira. gabriel Pereira. it's yeah, the profile picture uh christian has <laughs> he plays as our gabriel he's Pereira. our inverted right winger He's also Brazilian. That's right. He's a new signing, right? Last year. Yeah. He came in last year. And what an absolute banger against you guys as well. Hooked. Yeah, yeah. He scored like the oh banger. God. Yeah, I remember him. He now. scored the yeah. right foot and that was from outside the box. With his right foot as well. In the last match. Impressive. Was that game post Tati? Was that game post Tati? Yeah, that, yeah. That was the that was the 1-1 in 10 before the hot loss game when we caught fire. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Sorry. I don't remember bangers scored against us because there's just, you know, we get scored on so often that I just don't remember. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much. Yeah, I'm also. Oh, you go. No, I was just saying, Kufre on that, your left back, like another guy who didn't do much in Nashville, but I don't know much about him. But the way that the announcers were hyping me up leads me that I should be a little worried about him and his ability to get up the field. So. Uh, that's another guy just kind of on my radar, figuring out how the right side, Arnaud Soque's first MLS game, presumably his first MLS game. I'm wondering how that battle's going to look like throughout the game. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm assuming that our lineup is going to look very similar to uh, to what we had against um, against Nashville, minus uh, we, we picked up an injury, James Sand, uh, not James Sand, Tavon Gray, um, uh, kind of pulled up lame and uh, injured his hamstring, it seems like. Um, and he was our starting right back in the match. So uh, we're, with the assumption that um, the player who subbed on for him in that game is going to get the start, um, which is also a young signing who was making his de- uh, debut um, with the club in a, in, a, in a professional, in a first professional MLS game, uh, Mitya Alenik um, is 18 years, 18-year-old Slovenian. Um, so we're assuming he'll be starting at right back. Um, that's it. This is all if we do the same formation that we had against uh, Nashville. And things could change. We don't know. It's very fluid right now. Um, but Michio Lenik at right back. Um, we're probably going to have uh, Kufre starting at left back again, assume, assuming that they're go- <laughs> that they're going with what they did against uh, Nashville. Um, but Kufre literally arrived in the United States like ten days ago, eleven days ago at this point. Like so, he had like. Yeah, well. He had like a couple, right back. He had like a couple training sessions with with the club. Uh, he got he played in a preseason game um, for like forty something minutes or something like that. So um, every minute he plays with the club is going to be adding towards his chemistry with with the, with, with the current starting lineup. Um, obviously, week the week one game was not a uh, it was not like a, he didn't he didn't set the world on fire. Um, he, and he actually played rather poorly, but um, his pedigree. 
is that of someone who plays uh, played in La Liga and played in second division in Spain um, with M- Malaga and Mallorca. Um, so he, he he does have high expectations, um, more so than what he showed us in, in the match day one. Um, I, I I have a, I, I'm a big hardcore guy, so I like my merch and I get a lot of merch mailed to me. Uh, there's a word that I would use to the, well a phrase that I would use to describe Kufre. It's called return to sender. <laughs> Yeah, so, Dude, come so, on, man! It's his it's his first game relax. It's his first game relax. It's his it's his first game relax. One third of the podcast yeah. is not very high in Kufre. My is still out. I'm still wondering what's uh what, what's up with the goalkeeper situation for you guys. I mean, our okay. So there was a press conference with uh, Ezra Hendrickson today where he refused to say whether Brady was starting or not, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, it's a young young goalkeeper gas him up like give him some confidence they did that for gaga last year and they're and like everybody has questions about chris brady but he has like actual credentials now like he won the golden glove and the uh u in like the u8 u19 tournament uh concaf tournament so like why not gas him up the thing that i'm wondering it's not our goalkeeper situation that i'm wondering about it is actually you guys with um matt fries or uh barraza yeah, so I actually I, I, I read an excerpt from that press conference, and he said that the reason why he didn't want to name anything is because he's like, I guarantee 100% NYCFC is listening to this. Listening to this Which press. is so stupid. <laughs> he's like, I don't want to give them any any insight mm-hmm. on who's starting. So in, in, terms, so of, in terms of our goalkeeper, um, Luis Barraza has been the backup uh, to Sean Johnson for the past two, three seasons, um, and he's gotten random games in the U.S. Open Cup and the, and the Campiones Cup. Um, and, he's, and that and that one start in the Champions League. Yeah, and he's, during, and he's, during COVID. And he's been he's been up and down. He's had a, a good game, a couple, uh, whatever. He's been he's been very up and down, not consistent. Um, and then uh, obviously, uh, Mister Snake himself, uh, Sean Johnson, decided to leave for the Italians up in Toronto um, and leave us high and dry. Um, that's a that's a club legend. For I will him. say. I don't disrespect say, um, a boy like that. Yeah, don't disrespect him. I have yeah, the he last, dis- no, the he last poster us. that he ever signed as a fire as a fire player. I have the last poster he, he ever signed as a fire player. He, dis- he, disrespect, right he, he disrespected us. As soon as he signed with Toronto, I unfollowed the guy. I will hey, say... He got you um, an MLS Cup. I wouldn't be complaining. He did get you an MLS Cup. But he Cup, left us way. high and dry. He was like, peace, I'm out. We're like, fuck you, you piece of shit. Why are you going to Toronto? I would, I I would say, do that too if I played Toronto. on a baseball field. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I will say about Toronto is that uh, I kind of figured that he'd always end up at Toronto because I remember at the at the, uh, at the the events, it was his uh, Supporters Player of the Year Award event uh, where I got the poster signed. Uh, I played FIFA against him, and I chose the fire, and he chose Toronto. So you could have well, so you you told us better. this whole time. <laughs> I mean, we tra- we ended up better. trading him to Atlanta, and then they traded him away to you guys. So, like, I mean, yeah, they, you know, we got really, they could get Brad Guzan, so then we kind of swooped in and got our number one keeper for the past. Which like, is so stupid because like years. Brad Guzan is from Chicago. He came to he came to my high school, and they sent somebody from our radio from our radio uh, club. To go interview him, but they didn't know who he was. If they knew who he, who it was, I'm the only person ever qualified to talk about soccer to anybody at that radio station, and they just sent somebody Americans. to go to talk to him. <laughs> well, if it makes you guys feel better, you'll be happy knowing that Sean Johnson is going to concede four goals every single game because Toronto's defense may be the worst in the league. He His has son. experience playing behind the Fires defense in 2013. Do you remember the names John Kennedy, Hurtado, and Patrick Iani? <laughs> yes. 
Of course I do. They they bring tears to my eyes, but for some reason, Toronto they're gonna they're gonna score four goals a game and they're gonna concede five. That's just the, the, way the last two goals that Johnson conceded uh, in the first game were absolutely fucking comical. Just the way he collapsed and, and to put in like a quote unquote effort on that third goal was absolutely comical. He 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 honestly would, would do probably do the same in an NYCFC kit. Uh, so we we probably. Got got rid of him at the the right time, and now now we got two backup goalkeepers. Iron Iron Sharpens Iron, but uh, I, in my opinion, I think Barraza played well. I think he's going to get the start again. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Freeze comes in. But uh, my money right now is on Matt Freeze uh, w- winning winning the starting job at the end of the year. I think Matt Freeze, I like it though. At this at this point, I think Matt Freeze is going to be a one year rental. I don't think he's going to stay past this year. I think they're going to name Barraza the starter, and then he's going to try to get a starting job somewhere else. I don't think he's going to. Uh, I don't think he's going to. I think it's Barraza's job to lose at this point, unless he absolutely makes a fool out of himself. He's not losing. Also, yeah, I, I mean, what I have to say about it, I, I don't know Barraza that well. All I know is what I've seen of him. The Need to do ways, so don't worry about it. <laughs> you're, you're you're being the backup for three years. You know, give the guy a shot. See what's made. See what he's made. Well, the thing is, Freeze probably thought that this was the dream job for him because Sean Johnson's on his way out, and he's been behind Andre Blake for however many years at this point. So he's probably like, finally, I get to start. And then I would assume assume the same amount of years as uh, Barraza's been a backup to Johnson. So probably thereabouts, similar if not longer. And uh, and also, you know, he. He also saved the Douglas Costa penalty, you know, in the preseason. He's probably like, "Yeah, this is I got this," you know, like 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 this is my job. And then all of a sudden, Barraza comes in and does a decent job. I wasn't like overly impressed. I wasn't like, "Okay, yeah, this guy's like going to be something great," you know. Um, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of over, you know, like like backup keepers being promoted from within anyway. <laughs> but you know, like it's it's fine, you know. I guess th- this is fine. This is fine. Like you said, iron sharp, uh, iron sharpens iron. So hopefully, you know the quarter, not the quarterback. Oh my yeah, but God. sometimes that might start a fire too, and not in like the Chicago type of way. <laughs> so, no, in a Chicago Fire goalkeeper type of yeah. way. Yes, back in 2016. Yeah, that's a, Jorge Papa, Matt Lampson, and Sean Johnson, Patrick McLean, and Patrick, and Patrick McLean. McLean. Oh, Matt Lampson, what a legend! <laughs> so what? So with with Sean having spent long periods of time at our club and your club what what was what was your feelings on him leaving uh in 20 what was it 2016 he left uh, he was pushed out. it was december was 2016 it was december 2016 just yes. before 2017 it was he was pushed out by Ponovich. uh people have theories about that um but uh i think that like you know he started like okay the timeline here was that before 2016, in the preseason, Matt Lampson had uh, played in in the preseason, and you know what? He did pretty dang well. Like it, it, it was a whole joke about son of Lamp, you know, like it was great. And then we get to the first game of the season, that home opener, uh, and yeah, that was against NYCFC. That's another amazing thing about that 2016 game, which was that we started Matt Lampson over Sean Johnson. The only reason why Sean Johnson was not involved in preseason that year was because he was with the national team camp. He had done well enough to make the national team camp that preseason. So he was missing, and Ponovich just decided, I prefer Lampson, my backup, over Sean Johnson. Okay? <laughs> I'll, I'll say I'm kind of glad that the milkman got out. Not because I disliked him as a player. I think every Fire fan respected him as a goalie and liked him as a goalie. I know I did. Uh, but the fact that he went to a team like NYCFC and actually was able to compete in the playoffs, 
like for his career and what he served, you know, he serviced us very well at his time, but we weren't going anywhere. You know, he goes to NYCFC and four years later, he wins an MLS Cup. So as much as the move sucked as a fire fan, and then the next five years, we probably had 15 different goalies, Kenneth Cronholm, <laughs> Ray Bava, Patrick McClellan, all these. Oh, you want to talk about worst player of all time for the fire? That's Kenneth Cronholm. Kenneth Cronholm. Uh, and then, and then, then you guys get, then you guys get a 17-year-old stud, and now he's at fucking, where is he now? Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> now but... we have an 18-year-old stud who's going to be even better. <laughs> I will admit, when we signed Gaga when he was 14, I'm like, why are we signing a 14-year-old kid? And I will also admit, when we signed Chris Brady when he was, like, what, 15, 16, uh, we immediately started making fun of him (laughs) because of his name. He's such a creative player. Just pretty good at our resident children. Say that again? I said, Joe, do you want to tell them about uh, our resident children? Yeah. So, uh, do they you know. sound like creative players? Well, so b- because because <laughs> of um, because of NYCFC's uh, negligence in terms of replacing the the legends that were uh, that had this max exodus during this past off season, uh, just to name a few, um, we had Ma- uh, Maximiliano Morales uh, leave to go back to Argentina. We had hey, Tinnerholm Tinner go back to Sweden. We uh, shipped a Bears ass out to Seattle. Um, and then of course he scores in fucking, and scored. Of course he scores in fucking week one. Uh, couldn't do that for us, but he can do it for everybody else. Um, and then uh, who else? Uh, Christian, I'm forgetting. Who, I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank because I try I try to, I try to do oh, that. Talk about the kids. I try to do the men in black shit where I just fucking get the, the get the light shining in my eyes. And I just forget about it because it just makes me get upset. The fact that I, I look at yeah, it's called a neuralizer. You can just talk about the kids. Talk about how old our kids are. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we have uh, we have Maximiliano or Max. Maxi, uh, Maximo. Maximo, Maximo, Maximo Carrizo, um, who just turned 15 literally like yesterday, like literally yesterday, he turned 15 years old. And in three of our five preseason games started at uh, the 10 in, in like in our with our actual senior team uh, to the point where we were like where we were like getting ourselves mentally prepared. Like, are we about to start a 15 year old at cam in a season opener in MLS? Like, is that really going to happen? Um, and DC United did it once. <laughs> yeah, and they're not great. Yeah, so like, but then like the, the fan base was very split. The fan base was very split because we were like, like, do we want what to, what happened to Freddie Adu to happen to Maximo Maximo Carismo, Carizo? Well, the, th- the Freddie Adu was a very specific thing where like it was just culturally just a very specific time. I don't think that would happen to him. Yeah, but I mean, like NYCFC is, is, is subscribes to the concept that if uh, any press is good press, <laughs> so so that like they're they're big on like okay, like let, 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 like we just signed like a bunch of young guys in the past three seasons that haven't seen like a minute of fucking uh, senior team time, but they're on the senior roster, and then we just loan them back out to NYCFC too. Uh, but they just want to make headlines like, oh look, this is like the fifth youngest player in ever to sign an MLS, and this is the seventh youngest player to ever sign an MLS. So, well, Ma- Ma- Maximo, I think was it Maximo. Carrizo, I think he's the youngest signing. No, I think isn't he third? Th- isn't he third? Or is he? He is the youngest signing. He signed a professional contract yeah. on his fourteenth birthday. So he's the youngest. Okay, I was about right. to say because I know that uh, Freddie Adu was fourteen. Oh, you know what it was? It, it, it's it's uh, because he has a, a, a he's he he would be at this moment the third youngest to appear in a match if he were to see time. Um, so he was the youngest signing, but he he'd be the third youngest to officially appear in a match. I think. I, think I also want I also want to point out Alfonso Davies made his debut at fifteen as well. Yes, and also, yeah, but nobody I mean, remembers that he's in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but but <laughs> also, 
we've gotten some clips from this past weekend weekend when Maximo Carrizo played in, 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 in NYCFC two, and holy fuck, that kid actually looks like a fucking stud. He, like he looks good, and he's gotten clubs from like the Argentinian nat, like youth national teams. So to get into the net, it used and, and I think like, and I think he was above his age group as well, probably like a level above his age group. Yeah, he was in like the U seventeens or U sixteens as like a fourteen year old. So like I yeah, say, I, I say he should start against the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board with that. Sounds like he's honestly, really that's I'm, I'll be completely honest. He'll probably do amazing against the fire. Like it's, it's a perfect <laughs> chance for him. Well, well, assuming the deal is already done and the visa is already taken care of, you guys might actually have to deal with Santi Rodriguez, and that's a whole different can of worms. Yeah, like, you got you guys probably don't want to deal with him either. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the the next talking point is uh, is to talk about, mind you, this is players in the current roster who are officially announced. Um, dangerous players that that NYCFC might have to keep, uh, keep a special eye on uh, for the Chicago Fire this weekend. Well, technically, didn't Ezra essentially say that like Kutsias is technically available? Um, I don't believe Kutsias said that, is going to be available, though. I don't I saw, think he I will saw, be, but today he essentially said that everyone's available. I, so. I saw something uh, like under like under that Twitter post on, on the feed. Uh, Alex Calabrese, I think I'm yes, saying that he name is, right. Uh, he is the uh, editor in chief. <laughs> yeah, he said um, he said he's still getting his visa. Like, like that yeah. situation still like. I think so, I think he meant more like the players currently in camp. Um, okay. will be available. I believe Kutsias is still in Greece. Um, but that being said, if he was here, definitively, I would say he's kind of the guy you have to look out for. Watch his tape. Dude's a, bo- dude's a bully. Dude's a monster. Of the players we have, I would be scared of Chris Muller. I think he's going to come out firing um, on all cylinders. And also Brian Gutierrez. Um, I don't know if you know much about him, but he's our homegrown. He's on the field, besides Brady, probably our most, or definitely our most prolific homegrown in terms of potential he's gonna fight for that starting spot this year very technically gifted he assisted that wonder goal to john duran last year i forgot who it was against well duran no out. that was a wonder assist the goal itself wasn't like that interesting it was the no, assist no, I, that I was said amazing one, did i not say i think i said did i mispronounce you said assisted the wonder goal that was not oh. it wasn't an interesting goal yeah, it was right. a great assist it was just beautiful back heel like off the bottom of his boot it was gorgeous he's really really talented and obviously you know you know the capabilities of what a guy like Shakiri is capable of, but he's such an obvious choice that I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to select him. I'd say Chris Muller, Brian Gutierrez. Those are the guys you have to look out for. Um, assuming Gutierrez gets to start, which, in my opinion, is not up in the air. I'm expecting it to happen, but it may not. So, would you agree that Shakiri has a tendency, at least recently, to play a little bit better for the Switzerland national team than he does for the Chicago Fire? Recently, yes. I mean, he played great in the World Cup. I think, quite honestly, he's one of those guys that cares about the national team more than MLS. Like the amount of times, so basically, like early. Bale. Yeah, I mean, I think Bale, I've... probably like Andre Perlo was like something like that, where he would come off early with an injury, like it was a calf strain. Even who knows if he had a calf strain, but it never felt really, really felt like at least in season one the hustle and the the physicality needed to succeed in a lead like MLS was there for Shakiri. Now we're hoping that changes, and he has that kind of boss mentality that we all know and we've seen him have for the swiss team for liverpool even for leon back when he signed with them initially very very initially he was terrible stoke, at the end. stoke exactly iron like, he's a dog we know what he's capable of we just gotta think, see it so. i think the big thing to me with shakiri i mean like i've made jokes about it before that like he just needs a friend he needs a hobby but like yeah, seriously dude. i think like mentally he's not quite here yet 
and he hasn't quite mentally been here yet. I said, you know, needing a leader in the like just for the team in general, and we got that in Shihos, but we do still need a leader up top, and that's like Shakiri is. You want to have your DP be like this big, like you know, it's a guy that like you can build the team around, not just you know playing wise, but also like mentally wise like you know you guys had Pirlo you guys had Lampard you guys had Via especially Via which is like that's your main DP everybody's gonna look up to him as a leader he's this big personality mm, guy we don't we don't like to talk about him anymore around yeah, here not anymore but like at the time yeah I mean yeah. hey I, I've got I've got a Patrick Kane jersey right now okay like we <laughs> don't need to talk about that guy Legend. Uh, issues <laughs> similar issues. issues that's true uh but uh like my point is is that like shakiri is not that big personality he's just a dude who plays soccer that's the thing he's not he's uh you know i've said before like the, he's not batman we got robin you know I've, I've made the joke uh if you guys are familiar with you know at least like the the starting five of like the uh the championship winning bulls like we didn't get jordan we didn't even get pippen we got tony kukoc <laughs> like we got like you know the third or fourth level guy on a complete team i thought and... we were gonna make arjun robin jokes since he was teammates with him once <laughs> <laughs> you know arjun robin uh thinks that ev- thinks that everything's cool <laughs> uh that's a different joke for my own podcast uh but uh like it he's not he's not quite here mentally and i think that like it's worrying like as, maybe he needs a hobby like that's the thing it's just it, it's hard to really figure out when it comes to a mentality thing and like a player's comfort levels on a team and I also mean, perhaps he could just be like mentally on vacation it's like okay this is my final like day not even day on vacation. Like, like i don't think he's he almost, is frustrated he is he's frustrated also, he's also not that old you know in terms yeah. of like he's only here he's he's not here like on vacation or as a retirement he's here because like he fell out of favor at leon he was given this opportunity he's just here until listen, you know like, we we all know the transition to mls is difficult i would argue one of the most difficult transitions to a league it's a different style of play it's across the ocean it obviously starts and ends at a different time there's a play there's so much travel too c- com- completely different but when you bring in a guy like Shakiri, like that's thirty one years old, by the way. I just found that. Yeah, out. like he, he's not here for a vacation. But when you bring a guy like him in terms of his quality into into a league like MLS, where the the quality is not as high, it's more physical league. You are expecting him to hit the ground running, and I think he has Batman potential. I think he has the potential to go out there and score twenty goals and assist fifteen times and be an MVP candidate. But I don't think he has the Robin. I don't think he has the Scottie Pippen or the Tony Kukoc or whoever. He just doesn't have those pieces around him that can make him essentially. And also tactically. Tactically, we don't really use him the same way that, I mean, as we said, like we play him at the 10, the national team plays him on the wing. And whenever he goes out on the wing, like I remember it was against uh, Atlanta, the Chinenso 4 goal, where Shakiri goes out to the wing, hits and across, Ofor gets to it, that's a goal. And it was great. Like, we were leading. And then we just gave it up. And Ronaldo Cisneros hit a hat trick. But, like, it's it, it's a moment where you see he goes out onto the wing and he's suddenly home again. He suddenly knows I what agree. he's doing again. And so it's about, like, whether he believes that he's a he's he's a 10. So, you know, so you it's just a case of putting him out of position. So, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, and, it's and, and, a lot of that, too. So the interesting thing is, just real quick, Brian Gutierrez, who presumably will start at right wing, either him or Jairo Torres, 
can play I mean, the Torres too. Yeah, Torres can Torres play the ten yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, so you have you have two guys who could play the ten, and you could comfortably put Shakiri out on the wing. Now it looks like Ezra's coaching philosophy has Shaq in the middle, which I don't blame. You know, in terms in, in terms of pure passing, he's probably the best passer on the team, and that's a great position to have a good passer. Is obviously the ten, but tactically, like what we've seen from Shakiri, like Jiggly has been saying, like a lot of people have been saying, like the Swiss national team head coach says, he's a winger and should be out on the wing. I'm kind of getting vibes of uh, of the the whole uh, Rick Rick uh, Rick Pouge. Uh, is he bored in L.A.? Ricky Peak. Yeah. <laughs> you know, although Pouge is apparently not bored in L.A. as L.A. Galaxy social media likes to to show off to everyone, even though that might be scripted for all we know. <laughs> it, it could be something like that. I know he's become pretty buddy buddy. Shakiri, that is with uh, Arnott Soke. You know, another older uh european guy who comes from a top five league actually from the same league the french league he came from uh over from mount peeler so maybe you know like jiggly said all he needs is a hobby or all he needs is a friend like there's one other swiss guy on the team but what marin is 23 years old 22 years and old, he's and also it, probably like very different culturally as well yeah. like so it, it could be that he's simply not meshing into the squad well which you know happens all the time to mls players we've seen it I, I can't I can't even tell you how many times throughout the league we've seen talented players come in and just be total busts. Uh, I don't think he's a bust. I just think we got to tap into him a little bit more and get him going. So what is um what is the 2023 Chicago Fire season outlook and and how would how would a, 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 a either a positive result a negative result or a neutral result affect that that outlook going forward? We're contending uh, for the spoon. See, I, I, I actually have you guys first. winning the spoon. I, I, I don't think go we're going to win it, but I think we're going to contend for it. I have slightly higher expectations for this <laughs> yeah. squad than 95% of fans on Twitter. One, because I'm naturally an optimist, and two, because on paper, I don't think the squad is that bad. I really don't. I think the, the our center back pool is, is is excellent. You have Carlos Turan, Rafa Shihos, Wyatt Amsberg, Kendall Burks, Mauricio Pineda. Our midfield I wouldn't is not put Kendall best. Burks in there. I'm saying, in, in general, he's our fifth <laughs> center back, but he's a serviceable center back if need be. Um, our, our midfield is a little lack of depth, but I think the quality is there if Gaston Jimenez decides he wants to, you know, actually be something. And I think the attack is once again serviceable once we get, you know, the proper striker in the middle. I think this team has the potential to make the playoffs, especially now with nine goddamn teams making it in the playoffs. The expectation should be playoffs for every team, whether you're TFC, whether you're Charlotte, it, it should be playoffs. It is not difficult to make the playoffs in this league. All it takes is a few results to go your way. Now, that's what's been missing from the fire in the past is you go up 2-0 and you lose the game 3-2. If Ezra is able to tactically stop those games from happening, or at least stop those games from happening to the same level that they happened in the past 10 years of Chicago Fire history, we have the talent to succeed. Now, that's just my opinion. I know a lot of people on my end are going to disagree with me. And we're going to pass it on we, to me with not that opinion. <laughs> I, I think we could hit that 7-8-9 slot. But once again, if we're the wooden spoon, like, the expectation is also there that the wooden spoon like floats around you constantly regardless of how you actually feel so yeah. i mean we made it we put that we put that we put that crack in, in on the on the trophy uh and i also have a dented trophy but that's a that's for a different rivalry um but uh, like the thing with the fire is that like you know we always say like on paper this should work there's a lot of seasons 
in the past, like, you know, in the past seven years, I think, like, where on paper, it should be a good team. But it does, it's not. And it doesn't work. And I think a lot of that comes down to, you know, the mentality. And I think the big reason, that's the reason why I say, you know, 2017 was all Basti. Because he came in and he said, we're not having this mentality anymore. I mean, it, also Dax McCarty, who was like, who also was massively influential with that season. The two of them combined were enough to like move the demons outside of the team for like a solid like three months in that summer. It was a wonderful time to be a fire. It was one of the few great times to be a fire fan. And then, you know, everything sort of came back because the coach, you know, Panovich decided to tinker way too much and mess with a good thing. And so I think that there's just something in the culture of this club at the moment that like we're still trying to clean out and we could have gotten it cleaned out back in 2020 uh, with like a solid start to the season. And, you know, like you got that big, uh, the home opener was supposed to be like sold out at Soldier Field, which is like 60k. So that would have been amazing to have. But then, you know, COVID hit and ruined pretty much everything. Everything fell apart. Wheels came off the bus. All of the DPs that we had signed and were excited about fell off. So it's always this whole thing of like, on paper, we should be fine. But it just never works. And you know, at some point, uh, you stop believing in fairy tales. <laughs> I will never stop believing in fairy tales because <laughs> that's just who I am as a person. But and yeah, Mr. Hendrickson's a he's a he's a good coach. He's, he's a, a mo- he's a great guy. motivator. Yeah, he's a good motivator. Now we just need to see him better utilize his players. And, and decent and decent player back in the day himself, by the way. Yeah, not bad. And, and most importantly, like we need to score goals. If we score goals, I'm confident in our back line for the most part. Like last year, yeah, if you I guys remember our, the beginning of last year, we, yeah, we had like five clean sheets in a row or something like that, which was great, awesome, super cool. Now score goals, like that's all. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, so from an NYCC fan's perspective, um, in terms of our season outlook, like this, we we need to we need to right the ship here. We need to get uh, get um, get a, uh, some type of result away before we start our home stretch of games. Um, and obviously, uh, with the result at Nashville, um, fans are not exactly uh, very high um, on the team at the moment. But we believe that there's reinforcements coming. Um, but we do desperately, not desperately yet, but we do, we, we need a po- some somewhat positive result, either a draw or a win on the road against Chicago. And I feel like for the most part, that is, um, we are expecting to be able to go in, um, go in there and handle, handle our business and get the goals necessary to win the game. Um, but uh, for those, for those fans traveling to the stadium, um, what, what, what atmosphere can we expect at uh, Soldier Field this weekend? Uh, cavernous. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting setup at Soldier Field. The the lower bowls open for seating, and a part of the what is that the uh, the second level? Trying, yeah, second level is open, um, but it, there's a lot of open seats as you would expect. We'll probably yeah. get twenty twenty five k in there, and you know, not Soldier even. Field's not it's a, a real bad night. Well, it's, the, it's the almost exact same thing at Yankee Stadium. To be well, honest, yeah, the no, first you understand. That's the thing, yeah. though. So I went back and looked. And our last game we played against each other back in 2022 in, in, in August, it was at Soldier Field, and you guys only got 11,720. That was the recorded. Well, well, that's because there's that's because that stadium's in Bridgeview, and it's a it's it's been a nightmare for. No, that was people. Soldier Field. It's it, yeah, Soldier. That was at Soldier. Yeah, but the, the also, 20, like, August 2022. Yeah, it was at Soldier. The one last season. Wasn't, last it was, season. No, it was moved. It was moved. Was it that? 
No, 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 no. The the last game was moved because the Bears had a preseason game. Was it? And they, they moved it back to Bridgeview. But but regardless, no. Nope. Yeah, like, last season August. That's uh that's what Social Field. That's what it says. That's what it says. But Dobby's Dobby's like our our, our inside. Of, no, inside no, they moved yeah. it. They moved it back to Bridgeview. I I think fans genuinely like going to Bridgeview more than Soldier Field, though. So uh, except for except for that except for that one game. Uh, the one that I don't remember, like there was like almost no one there. Like that was also wild. Like they had like they had they, they were covering up seats for some reason at Bridgeview. <laughs> like it was weird, yeah, that's man. Bad. That's so what I mean by barely remember. <laughs> why we why we moved? The, getting back into the city was important. And like Jiggly said, before the pandemic hit, that home opener was going to be bumping. That home opener was going to be wild. The momentum was there. Now you shut that momentum off, and the league shuts down for however long it shuts down. You know, MLS is back. Team sucks again. No one's gonna hoof at the Soldier Field. The momentum was lost. Now I'm not saying the attendance issues would be like magically fixed if that home opener happened, but I would imagine that they'd be a little bit better as a result. So back, and we played you guys. Um, I think it was a season opener. It was uh, in Mar- March 6, 2016, at Toyota Park. Um, that was mm-hmm. that was one of the four three wins, and there was uh, recorded seventeen thousand seven hundred sixty eight. So. If you guys are saying you're expecting twenty to twenty five thousand, that's a major, major increase over the last few matches uh, against NYCFC. We do have uh, we got bad snow coming in on Friday, and then Saturday night is going to be like the coldest night of the entire week. It's like it's like almost fifty degrees right now, <laughs> and uh, it's going to be down to like twenty something. Well, it snowed. It snowed in New York uh, earlier this week. I think two days ago, it snowed all night. Uh, but oh yeah, we, no, it's it. It's yeah. it's a whole thing that's going across that's sweeping the nation, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I'm, uh, guessing it's, I'm guessing it's moving western towards you guys now. No, it's going the other way. It's going towards oh. you guys. But uh, it, oh, okay, on, so, so, so we've been hit by it already. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be heavy snow on Friday. It's going to be cleared by Saturday, but like it's still that whole thing of just like I don't know how many people are going to want to go out. Orange ball, uh, orange ball, classical? Orange ball. No, no, it's gonna be cleared by then. It's no, it'll just, be warm it, enough. The snow's not gonna stick, so it's not gonna stick. But it does like affect people, like whether they want to go out or not. So, do you, do you guys think it's gonna be twenty twenty five thousand? Do you, you think it's gonna be packed like that for for a season I, home? I opener? think twenty thousand is probably a little bit more reasonable. Yeah, and even if it's twenty thousand, it's not gonna feel like it's packed. I mean, it's gonna feel twenty thousand feels like it's packed at Bridgeview, at Soldier Field. As I said, it's cavernous. Twenty thousand, twenty thousand is packed at Bridgeview. That's sold out Check yeah it. i know oh, cool okay that's okay. about the that's about the capacity of that stadium anyway yeah it and, is. and how um then you. how how uh are, are any traveling nycfc fans going to uh potentially have any issues with as a traveling supporter like how, how are your how's your fan base in terms of uh welcoming of, of traveling supporters and uh are, are they as like are they as verbally aggressive as like say a philadelphia or or red bulls <laughs> You know, it really say, depends. Yeah, I mean, in, in every club, there's bad seats, but I'd say generally, fire fans are overall pretty passive um, when it comes to away it, fans. You get used to it. <laughs> yeah, like, I remember Orlando game. There were t- tons of Orlando fans there, and they were fine people, so the fire fans were fine. Also, it was a 0-0 game, so there was nothing going on. But, like, just, you know, NYCFC fans, like, you guys in New Yorkers, little rowdy like just don't cause a scene no one's gonna have a problem with it especially i mean the thing with uh like traveling fans i mean if you're traveling with the supporters for nycfc i mean you're in the corner like that's you you stay in your area we have our area 
and then tailgate like it's separate areas as well so it's you know as 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 the as, as the resident uh fire supporter expert uh, among the two of us uh like it's it, it, it really doesn't quite matter that much i mean i know that like i don't know what sector is going to do exactly but i know that like after the whole uh free free sector thing like i think that's you know they've been incredibly well behaved maybe even a bit too behaved with uh forcing extra rules onto everyone but like it, it's that's a that's fire stuff but like it's a uh, I don't think that you guys should worry too much about any sort of like rowdiness unless you're the one starting it. <laughs> on my unless personal end, comes up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on, on my on my personal end to any NYCFC fans out there traveling to Chicago, if you want to grab a beer before the game, DM me on Twitter. I love meeting traveling supporters and most into the city. So I'm not mean. I'm very nice actually. Jiggly might not be as nice as me. I'm gonna be have I'm gonna have my sake juice box and that's gonna be that's gonna be my tailgate. That is so on brand for you. <laughs> <laughs> so um what are uh, what are some good eats at the stadium? What what are some places that maybe some ice cream nachos fans? and that's it. Yeah. Ice cream nachos and that's it. Ice cream nachos. Ice cream nachos, yes. are, ice cream the, nachos. are the staple the, the staple of Chicago fire food culture. It's really the only good thing. The beer's expensive, the food's expensive and pretty like, mid. Um I mean I will bit, always I will always food. Oh, I, I was I was gonna say I always fight against like anybody saying anything about like anything good about New York pizza. Oh. But the thing is is that like no, but the no, thing is no, is that no, like no, no, no. the pizza at the pizza at the fire games are t- terrible. So it's like it, it's not even worth it to say anything good about what we have there. So like it's it's one of those things of just like yeah I would normally fight about pizza but at the same time we got like the worst Connie's pizza possible at at Soldier Field so it's not worth it just get the ice cream nachos it's great ice cream nachos that sounds pretty good I might have to make it it's got it's a uh, cinnamon tortilla chips uh with uh with ice with vanilla ice cream on top uh you got uh I mean do they do they also add strawberry sauce on it but uh, it's chocolate sauce on top of that. And then sprinkles, and then a couple cherries. And you're okay, are you good? When, when you elaborate, this, this doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah, this is Chicago. Baby. The first time I ever had ice cream nachos was at like a game against Philly that was like 13 degrees. <laughs> yeah, sitting up and sitting just... up in the sky duck in Bridgeview. <laughs> it's never a bad time to have some ice cream nachos. That's for sure. I've they made homemade ice cream nachos. <laughs> now, now, now that you've elaborated on that, it doesn't sound as bad as it as yeah. it, when I first heard about it. No, it's like, like, conceptually, you think it's different. With vanilla ice cream and nacho cheese, actually. That's what we meant. Potato <laughs> chips, vanilla ice cream, nacho cheese. <laughs> What is crazy. Um, is is there any potential wind that might um that might interrupt uh, the, the the football um this weekend uh in terms of uh potential long ball play is it, what what's the wind projected to be I know you guys are that's one of your claims of fame as being the windy city uh you know what people say that the reason the actually do you know the reason why it's called the windy I knew, city I knew it was you were gonna nerd out of politics it was I'm gonna, something yeah, political it was a politics thing it was uh, yeah. about hot air <laughs> but also yeah, but I mean on the on the lakefront lake though on the yeah. lakefront you do have to worry about it. Yeah, especially that that infamous clip where it was the Niners and the Bears in the same stadium, and like the the wind just like picked up and like it took it took the ball like astronomically wide, like not even close to the uprights. It was, I'll be it was honest, like a crazy play. Monday Monday morning, I was uh, I was going to the official like Chicago Fire like kickoff luncheon, meet the team and everything, and we're going past uh, Soldier Field and on Monday morning, like honestly, that felt like fog bowl levels of. <laughs> Like so close to to having a fog bowl. I, I remember watching a a reclip, recap of that and thinking, man, what if the fire ever played in something like that? Uh, I'm looking at the 
I'm I'm checking the NWS forecast right now. Actually, I don't think it's slated to be too bad, but it's going to be a little chilly. So, are you guys going to the game? No, I am not. I don't got I don't got any kind of chatter to fly out to Chicago for a little weekend. (laughs) Fair enough. That's completely reasonable. I'm right there with you. And plus, I'd rather rather fly out to Chicago like uh, during like a I guess like a more like a July August summer 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 months. I, I do I do have a question. I'm not sure if you guys have like any background or like any knowledge uh to answer this, but uh it's regard regarding the situation with Soldier Field in the stadium. Obviously, uh you guys and the Bears share the same uh building and the Bears just confirmed that they're um I th- I think they confirmed that they're going to Arlington Heights now. They're going to build a new stadium over there. Does does that affect you guys in any any way like directly or probably or like- I, I don't think so, actually. I think it might affect us with uh, the way that the city would be running Soldier Field because they don't they barely even consider us a tenant in the first place. So with us being a second like going from a secondary tenant to the primary tenant, we wouldn't be the primary tenant. The primary tenant is like, you know, concerts and then even those are probably going to go to Arlington. So I don't know what's going to happen. I think that like the the big like pipe dream for a lot of fire fans is that uh we take the ufo back off of the stadium so we lower it down to like you know 25 30k in that stadium so it's just like the colonnade like it used to be in back in the old days and you know i think raise the field uh so that like it's not as steep and everything uh and like i think that that would be amazing uh i also remember when they announced all the plans like to try to keep the bears uh, because I mean, I don't think they've officially decided like, yes, we are building it yet. They're still letting the city like pitch to them, which by the way, we just had like our, the first, uh, the first elections for mayor, uh, finish up last night. And I don't, and I don't know, if, let's just say the guy that I want to win, I don't know if he's going to want to keep the bears in the, the city. So it's the, bear, the bears are gone. The, yeah. The McCaskill yeah. family's like already bought land. They're gone. Chicago put out this wonderful projections of what Soldier Field can be. Like Jiggly said, I think it would be a fantastic soccer venue, but I don't think that's going to happen while it remains under city control. Um, so Joe Mansueto, our owner, like say he wants to buy Soldier Field from the city, like then yeah, let's take the UFO down, which has always sucked. Like everyone hates <laughs> the UFO, and let's build a really cool soccer uh, specific stadium on the lakefront, and then revamp all the CT or the excuse me the public transportation around it, and make it one of the best goddamn venues in the league. Won't be better than ours in twenty twenty seven though. Just saying. If listen, man, you guys have been talking about getting a stadium and getting out of that baseball stadium for years. I mean, I mean, the, 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 I the thought deal. that you guys were going to end up starting to have to like actually build your own island. I think there that was an idea at some point. Like building a man-made island. (laughs) The the, the stadium deal is done. Like we don't have to worry about uh, any official word. That that's that stadium deal is done. But it's just a shame that it's going to take four years. Um, So at least there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, we know what's coming. You guys can like relate to us with that whole thing of like people saying like, oh, why why is your stadium so bad? Like why like back when we were playing in Bridgeview, everyone being like, oh, you're the Bridgeview fire. It's like, do you understand how hard it is to get land in the city? You you live in like Austin, like no, you live in Columbus, like that is like five blocks of a city, and then you could go wherever you want outside of. <laughs> yeah, I think I think speaking personally, it's just it's really hard to maintain levels of excitement for something that's going to be happening in four to five years in advance. Um, and and also, Brad, Brad Sims did come out in an interview recently saying that uh, as as we get closer to twenty twenty seven, you should expect more games played in, at City Field. It, 
rather than Yankee Stadium. But right now, Yankee Stadium is still the primary uh, venue that's still our priority to play at. But uh, I'm coming around 2025, 2026, you should see more of a shift towards City Field to get the to get the people in Queens excited uh, about the new stadium. I was a bit confused about why you guys were playing in City Field instead of Yankee Stadium because you guys are owned by the Yankees. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, just know that the Yankees uh, use us for money. They don't give a shit about us, and uh, they tell us to fuck off whenever they want to play uh, baseball on our soccer field. So hey, I mean, I make I, I make jokes about how uh, your, your owner is probably the largest collection of evil I've ever seen in sports, <laughs> Citigroup and the Yankees. <laughs> It's okay though. You guys have the coolest MLS Cup banner I've ever seen in my life. That yes. makes up for everything. I, mean, I, I hope we take it to the new stadium. Are there a postage stamp? <laughs> oh, it's gorgeous. that was the greatest thing. Does it, I, I does hope it, we take it with us to the new stadium. The thing, the thing is, I'm I'm really I'm getting like really fucking tired of like teams with no fucking championships at all, like talking shit about it, like like Red Bull oh, fans. Hey, we have championships. Yeah, we we actually sold off our banners. That's the yeah, thing. Like I think what's the well, I'm not even talking about Chicago fans. <laughs> I guess, like most of the shit that I've heard is from like Philly fans or like yeah. <laughs> Jersey fans, and I'm just like. First of all, like, you know, like lo- go- making it to a final and losing in the last minute and then not making a penalty, like, near, what, like or what was it? Like, did they make a penalty? Oh, no. they missed all of them. No, they missed all of them. Yeah, 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 no, I can't relate. the legend. Yes, I can't, can't, can't relate, so go fuck yourself. And not only um, that, they got, the, they got denied by their own homegrown that they told the fuck off. Yeah, 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 no, that's like one of my favorite things. Oh, you were facing a backup keeper. Literally loses to a backup keeper. And Jersey fans who have no cups. Yeah, you got a couple coasters. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm one of the firmly don't give a fuck about the supporter shield people. Like, I, I don't give a fuck. It's not the championship. You don't face every single team. Hey, once my dad paid for that thing. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's my only the only reason why I want a um a supporter shield at all is so I can take the supporter shield uh, with the cup in the other hand, place the fucking supporter shield in the concrete in front of Red Bull Arena in Harrison, New Jersey, and smash the cup on top of it and say it's a coaster. See, that's how you're supposed to use it. You know, like I- I'm also an asshole, so yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just uh, happy that we haven't brought up Jack Harrison yet. <laughs> Jack Harris. Fire legend, best fire player of all time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic trade. I've, I've defended that trade <laughs> for so, so long because he was your guys' homegrown. He was your guys' homegrown. He was never going to play here. I mean, we got Brandon Vincent, who, you know, I mean, the only reason why he stopped he playing is because. Legend. The only reason why he stopped playing was because, you know, like. The, Pavlovich, pretty much. Brandon Vincent was Brandon Vincent was going to be very very good if he just didn't decide he wanted to stop playing soccer. He was going to be a good. Yeah, that's, that's Pavlovich's reason. Yeah, that, that's that's Isn't he, I think he's in real estate now, or is that no? That's Nick Slonina. That's who that is. Gaga's brother's in real estate. Now. Shit. Yeah, I, I checked up on Andre. I don't I don't know what he's doing. All right, so I have, I have a question. So I, my MLS history, I don't I don't know everything. Um, but what what, what year did you guys win the MLS Cup? 90, 98. 98. That was her first year. And were you guys were, were you guys fans of the club back in ninety eight? Or were you guys even alive back in ninety eight? I wasn't born. I wasn't born. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have never I'm got 99. to see your club in, in person lift lift the cup before. Uh, well we have four US Open lift Cups, trophy. So. I've seen us lift yeah. a, one trophy and that was the US Open Cup in two thousand six. And I still like it whenever I'm asked in like one of my writing classes, like write about the happiest moment of your life and it's still that. <laughs> So oh, I have I have two I have two that came within the span of 372 days. Um, first, it was us one year uh, winning the cup, and then 
fast forward a, a year and a week later, I get to see Argentina and Messi would just win the World Cup. Uh, I just, I mean, I was too excited to cry for for us uh, for our championship. But then, but when it came to Argentina, I just let everything out. I just, I just couldn't stop crying. I just fucking broke down like a bitch and started crying. So I, I, I it's, it's honestly like. It's level packings with like which which one, but I might I might have to go Argentina because of Messi a bit more. But those two are interchangeable for me. You know, I never got to see the Red Stars win, despite them actually having such a better team than the Fire for years. So with you guys, with, like when you guys pull out, like pull, get your authentics, and you have this star, like like does that like does that that you, you guys only have memories of watching like YouTube clips of of that? So like, you guys didn't you guys didn't. Leave. I mean, I grew up around those players, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, they got I mean, TV. They can watch the final again. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing with me is that, like, I mean, Matt probably doesn't. Ha- I know that Matt doesn't have this experience because I'm pretty sure I'm like the most unique experience fan experience with the fire, which is special, uh, you know, special. I'm very special. special. I'm very special boy. Uh, but you know, I grew up around this team. Like, I was born in '99. Like, my my mom used to say that. Like, uh, well, she still does. She said that back when she was pregnant with me. Like, I would kick to the beat of the drums and then follow the ball as it goes around at soldier field and uh including at, at some point in usher asking her if she's okay <laughs> uh but uh, you know like i've been around this team from the moment i was born and so like i still have like somewhat of a connection to this team like jim Curtin, i know you guys may hate him but uh when he was still playing for the fire uh at the i mentioned earlier the kickoff luncheon like they've had this for years but uh back in the day you know, it was the first year that my parents finally said, you know, we're not bringing you to the kickoff luncheon. You have to go to school. You have to go to school. And Jim Curtin walks up to my mom and says, oh, how's Johnny doing? <laughs> like, she's like, who are you? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, how's, how's your son doing? So it's, it's one of these things of just like, you know, CJ recognizes me, as I mentioned earlier with like Armis, Armis recognizes me. You know, it's these small things of, you know, I may not have been born when we last won a championship. I may not remember, like, actually seeing it happen, but I know all of the people who are involved. It's still very important to me. Uh, I have, I keep mentioning posters that I have behind me, but the one that's, like, front or behind me, if I turn my camera on, it is uh, Novak lifting up the, uh, the cup, which I did lift up myself, which, oh, God, Matt, do you remember that picture? Of course. <laughs> Of course I did. Um, because uh, it was the anniversary of lift of the, uh, or it, it, because it was the 25th anniversary. It's it's still the 25th anniversary of us winning. So uh, I have a picture of me holding up the cup that was handed to me by Jerzy Brzezny. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was a it, you know it's something that still means something to me. Now was I'll say on my end, on on real quick on my end. Like, I'm a Bulls fan, the 90s trophies. I'm a Bears fan, 1985. I'm an Indiana basketball fan. It's been 30-plus years. Like, in my eyes and in my opinion, uh, a trophy is a trophy. A championship is a championship and should be celebrated regardless of what era and regardless if you were around to see it. So, yes, I was not born in 98. I was born a year later in 99. But that 98 trophy, as a diehard supporter of this club, still means the world to me. Now I got um, real quiet. Now, now, and uh, MLS obviously obviously started off in '96. Um, you got did, were you guys one of the originals? Or did you, you guys come in '97? Because you know, you're, you're, no, you're, you're one of the first team in the second year. We were yeah. yeah it was ha- us and the fusion. Your hashtag is like yeah. Your, your hashtag fusion, is CF97, yep. right? That's on Twitter. Is CF97. Yep. Yep. 
Okay, so you guys came in in 97, you guys won a championship in 98? Yep. yep. Well, so, 97 was when it was... They were, found, they were founded in 97. They yes. came in, in our, 98. Our inaugural season we was 98. Oh, it's like, it's like us being founded. So you're like, it's like us founded in 2013, yeah. but we started playing in 2015. All right, so you're, you're, you guys are pretty much like the OG Atlanta United. You guys, you guys came in the league, fuck shit up. Well, I mean, we're like better that. than Atlanta United because yeah, we won United it the first season. The <laughs> only, excuse me, we are the only, after we uh, got real close with the Vegas Golden Knights, well, we are still the only team in uh, the major professional sports in, America, in North America who won in our inaugural season. Outside of, you know, like the first ever season of a league, but. It's impressive. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, up, um, so I guess uh, I guess a good way to kind of wrap this up is for us to kind of go uh, go around the horn here and uh, give our predictions for this weekend. So uh, let's let's start with the person who's been the most silent for the last half hour. Christian, you there? I I am here. <laughs> what do you what do you, uh, you got? I'm gonna say I'm actually gonna say one nil city. Believe it or not, I know it, I'm probably going against all logic and against like the the grain here, but I actually think that there's something in there for us. All right, who do you, who do you guys the goal scorer? You've only gone on the ledge here. Uh, I'm gonna say Talis actually. Talis with the one zero. Okay, uh, Davi, what do you got? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two nil. I think I think we'll win two nil. And who do you got scoring goals? I'm gonna uh, Gabriel Pereira, and I'm torn between Talis or Pellegrini, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lean with Talis. Okay, I'll, I'll save mine for last. Uh, Matt, what do you got? I'm going 2-1 fire, goals scored on the fire end, Chris Muller, and I'm going to go with Shabelko. I think he gets on the score sheet week one. Uh, the NYCFC goal is going to be a goal in the 85th minute by your center back, Maxime Cheneau. <laughs> Just to make us sweat a little bit. <laughs> Jiggly. Uh, I think that first, uh, you guys are going to concede a penalty. Shakiri is going to convert on it uh, very early. And then uh, it's also going to be almost immediately followed up by a goal by someone on NYCFC. I mean, it could be Magnetalis. I mean, I think it would be really funny if it was Pellegrini. That would be funny. Uh, but uh, And then it's going to go down to like the 88th minute or something, and then Kai Kamara is just going to like bumble in a goal, and that's how it's going to end. Like, I don't expect the Fire to ever fully dominate that game. That's going to be completely against the run of play. Uh, we're going to finish with, like, an XG of point of like 0.89, uh, but win 2-1 somehow. <laughs> exactly like foot champs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and I am going to go with a 2-1 New York City win. Um, I have uh, Gabi Pereira and Thiago Andrade scoring, and I have... Chris Muller scoring for Chicago because, as I referred to earlier in the episode, yeah. he is a thorn in our ass. Um, wh whichever team he's playing for, he seems to do well against New York City. He's kind of like uh, Lucas Zellreyer. Um, but yeah, or, or the one that, sh or the one that fucked off the turkey, <laughs> <laughs> or Kai Kamara against us. Yeah, uh, yeah. So in, in that case, it's one of those if you can't beat him, join him type type situations. Yeah. Um, but I, either way, I think that it should be a. Uh, a, li a lively match. Um, I do hope. Uh, I, oh, I didn't really ask you guys. I mean, I guess this, this can be like the last talking point. Is um, what, what did you guys think of the uh, Apple TV production uh, value uh, this this past this on this opening weekend? I hate three sixty. <laughs> I hate three sixty. Why do you have commercials? I've, I haven't gotten the chance to see it. So, <laughs> I think commercials are the only bad part. The production's cool. Uh... Like watching, in my opinion, watching that many individual soccer games is difficult, but having it as a hub, I really enjoy. I'm also a huge fan of Red Zone, so 
see something like zone. that in the soccer world is just really happy to me. It's it is the closest thing to red zone you're going to get. Glosso, the Glosso show yeah. is better. Yeah. So I am, um, even though like obviously with NYCFC playing the inaugural game uh, this past for the 2023 season, um, we were able to uh, NYCFC fans were able to absorb a lot of games after that. So like like for uh, right after the game was over, I started I we, I started hate watching Toronto just because I wanted to see Sean Johnson uh, concede as many goals as possible in a short short period of time. Um, then I kind of hopped around to a few different matches. Uh, ended up watching a little bit, uh, most of St. Louis and Austin, and then I watched uh, Sunday night. Uh, I watched uh, Sunday night football or Sunday night, Sunday night football and Monday night football, <laughs> which was awesome because I, I, I mean, I, I, like I'm just so happy that MLS is back. Um, I love watching. I firmly believe this, that that pound for pound, the MLS um, provides the most entertainment value of any soccer league, head to head against any team, any any league in, uh, across the across the world. Um, MLS is unpredictable, and it's uh, it's just such it's awesome. It's unpredictable, chaotic, it's crazy, trash, chaotic. beautiful. It's it, it could be ugly soccer. It could be it could be beautiful soccer. It could be just everything you want it to be. It's 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 reasons like that why we love this game so much. Yeah, and, and, and we, we haven't agreed on a lot this season or on this podcast, I should say. But that is one thing we can agree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can agree that MLS is fucking beautiful to watch. It's awesome. <laughs> what a what a league, huh? What a league. Uh, uh, especially but, if you get to see your, if, especially if you get to see your your rival losing a final like the way Philly did. That's fucking incredible. Yeah, I must say though, uh, NYCFC Twitter might go into full meltdown mode if we if we don't get a uh, at least a point um, in Chicago this weekend. Um, because, uh, I mean, obviously you guys, by all, by all the talking heads and shit, um, Chicago is not definitely, has not been predicted to finish very well in the Eastern Conference or in the league. Um, but, uh, I mean, that's the the best part about MLS is that the ball is round and anybody can fucking win at any, any moment. Anybody can be anybody. You just saw an expansion. We just saw this week. We just witnessed an expansion St. Louis team go into Texas who finished, who was in the conference semifinal or or they were in the conference final. Um, just last season, and a brand new team just went in and knocked them off in their own. Hey, house. any other fire? T- any other fire fan would have said like bad things about St. Louis. I think St. Louis is going to be good this season. And St. Louis. Yeah, we can hate them all we want, but like I like their defense. <laughs> and they got veteran keeper Roman Berkey. Yeah, I, I like. I, I think they're doing. Pre- they're going to do pretty good. Wait, so is? I don't know why everyone has them winning the spoon. Does Chicago and St. Louis have beef that I don't know about? Are, are, you, are you guys? You guys Midwest thing. It's like Cardinals, Cubs, Blackhawks, Blues. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's like the thing. same with Detroit. Like we just hate Detroit. We Do you guys have like beef? With... Was there ever anything between the Bears and the Rams? No, but What's screw that? the Rams. You guys like, have I mean that too, but like want to be Chicago. Do you guys have beef with Cincinnati? Because they're kind of close geographically too, right? We have beef with Cincinnati. them, but not because of uh, but not because of like ge- geography, but because of uh, twenty seventeen. So, uh, so I'm right, right. <laughs> Mitch Hildebrandt, goal legend of a goalie. My I know some of you guys got to go very soon, but I, I I do have a question. Like on behalf of all New Yorkers, why do you guys call casserole deep dish pizza? <laughs> I'm not. That doesn't even warrant a response. <laughs> no question. I refuse to answer that question. It's just pizza, man. Come on, let us live. Pizza is pizza. Like the thing is, is that when people ask me, like, oh, does pineapple belong in pizza? Look. The original thing about pizza was that it was for leftovers. They just had so many tomatoes, and they just made sauce. They'd have cheese, and they had bread, and then you just put whatever they wanted so, on top of that, and so, then cook that. So this so is your like answer to that question is yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, so typically, like, uh, like what I used to do, like 
I remember like being like I'm talking to somebody from like on behalf of like LAFC. I don't remember like what his name was. Uh, he used to play goalkeeper there. I, I I don't remember his name, but I asked him why Biggie was better than Tupac, and then he uh, and then he actually listened to country music and didn't listen to hip hop, so I wasn't able to answer that question. I mean, the first. actual the actual answer to that question is a tribe called Quest is better. I love a tribe called Quest, <laughs> but Biggie's still Biggie's still better than Tupac, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, but uh, that's just me. So my my last question for you guys is um, I looked at the schedule. We, uh, we play you guys um, at home um, on October twenty first. Or do I do any of you guys plan on coming out for that to, to New York? That's no. decision day, by the way. No, you guys. Don't, I don't go anywhere. You guys don't plan on coming out. <laughs> I mean, regionally I travel, but you know, working full time. I just graduated college. Quite honestly, I don't have the money to come to New yeah, York. Although I love going to New York. Oh, congratulations on graduating! Thank you. I'm in my final semester. All right, so Jiggly needed Jiggly needed some recognition too, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, definitely, we'll have to have you guys back on in uh, in October. Uh, to by then, by then right. the season that's decision day. So by then, uh, our seasons will have uh, transpired, and 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 we'll see what happens. We're going to be then. a lot grumpier, by the way. A lot grumpier. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to be so much happier. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we'll, de- we'll definitely have you guys on during that during that pregame week, um, and we'll, we'll see what what has changed since uh, since uh, March. But I appreciate you guys coming on, taking time out of your day to come in uh, and shoot the shit and talk uh, talk fire versus NYCFC, and and hopefully we're in for a uh, enjoyable match, um, what, regardless of what the outcome is. <laughs> Absolutely, looking forward to it. It's the home opener for us. It's the season opener for us, so we're excited regardless of the result. I've had this juice box staring at me for the past three weeks, and I can't wait to break it open on Saturday. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's go around and, and have our, our quick uh, closing thoughts. Let's start with uh, let's start with Matt from Men in Red. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, thanks for having us. Uh, like you said, it's going to be a really good opportunity um, this weekend to to see what NYCFC is made of. You know, after a bad 2-0 result and see what the fire is initially made of in year two of the Ezra Hendrickson uh, reign. Um, so, been a pleasure talking to you guys. Do you mind if I do a couple quick shout-outs? Absolutely, yeah. Check out, uh, if you want to know more about fire content, Men in Red 97 is kind of the place to be. You can check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we actually have a website, like I, like we said earlier in the podcast. It's also meninred97.com. So when in doubt, if you need to find something fire, just type in those those words and those numbers, and you'll get everything you need to know. Um, yeah, and our first podcast episode is actually coming out on Friday, too. Uh, we'll do a little preview of the game, but since it's so close to the game, we're going to talk a little bit more season preview. Mm-hmm. Uh, so be sure to check that out if you're interested in learning more about a different club. And where do you tweet out of? Uh, Men in Red 97 everything <laughs> jiggly you know i just want to say uh congratulations to bochi the rock for winning anime of the year um i yeah, like I, I i thank you guys for having us on though like it's uh it, it's nice to at least you know understand other perspectives and especially like spread a lot of the stuff that we have or at least like a lot of the thoughts that we have here at the fire because i know that we have a lot of you know we don't get out much in terms of like as a fan base uh because of just like how small and like insular we are with like how many people have left uh so it's nice to talk about that and yeah for me you know as i mentioned as i just said you know if you follow me on uh, at uh jiggly underscore 333 you know i do a lot of anime stuff as well as fire stuff so like if you if you like anime yeah you just 
come to me although not shonen stuff like i i, I like the weird stuff uh but uh yeah i've Own got it. that's what <laughs> i like the weird never mind continue yeah i like the weird <laughs> stuff uh and uh yeah that's that was my twitter i also uh run sad boys fc with uh adnan who is also a credit uh, uh credited accredited journalist with for the fire uh and uh yeah for the anime stuff the place where i did my uh full mls preview was uh jo- jockweeb haruka on youtube if you want to check that out uh but yeah all right dobby yeah so you guys can find me on uh twitter at that boy dobby um just just excited uh for saturday hopefully we can get rid of some of the demons uh, from Nashville, and then after that, obviously the home opener. I'm excited to get the first chicken bucket of the year. Oh yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, Christian, you there? Uh, I am here. Uh, oh, um, yeah, no, you can find me at C A Smith N Y C at uh, on Twitter. Um, I'm hoping that uh, New York drill prevails over Chicago drill this weekend, and yeah. Uh, just looking for, forward to just a good game uh, against a team, one of the only teams, if not the only team, we haven't seen yet. So, like, it, it, it's it's a lot of mystery. It's a lot of uncertainty. One of, going one of three teams that haven't played in week one. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, a lot of intrigue, a lot of interesting stuff. And, yeah, no, interested to see what happens. As always, I am Coach Joe. You can find me on Twitter at, at Coach Joe. Uh, the o, uh, o is a zero. Um, and I am looking forward to getting a fucking win um because losing sucks and nycc doesn't lose a lot um i just want to i just want a goal god damn it <laughs> yeah put the put the round thing in the, in the rectangular thing please um but uh but yeah i mean it was it was a good time hanging out with the with the fire with the fire crew um and i'm looking forward to to a fun weekend of more mls i mean i'm, I'm jones and ford i'm itching for it i need that mls hook it right in my veins um this is episode eight of Beyond the Smokestacks, Um, and as always, New York is blue.